Welcome back everyone. There are a handful of methods to value dividend stocks. Some of the more popular methods include the dividend discount model and the discounted cash flow model. A less common valuation method is dividend yield theory. Today, I'm going to tell you why I like to use dividend yield theory over the dividend discount model and the discounted cash flow model. And we will also put this theory to the test to see if it works. And if it does, I'll try to measure how effective of a valuation tool it can be. I think you'll enjoy this analysis. For those of you that have never heard of dividend yield theory, it's actually quite simple. It basically suggests that for high-quality dividend-paying stocks, dividend yields tend to revert back to the mean over time. So by comparing the current dividend yield to the trailing average dividend yield, we can gauge whether a stock is attractively valued, fairly valued, or expensive. Like any other valuation method, dividend yield theory is not perfect, and it requires you to assess if a given company can continue growing at relatively the same rate as it has in the past which will allow it to continue paying and growing its dividend rate. The reason I like dividend yield theory over the dividend discount model and the discounted cash flow model is because it is much faster to use. The dividend discount model and the discounted cash flow model require you to come up with a specific rate of growth, either for the dividend stream or the cash flow stream. This can be quite challenging and time-consuming, and you can include various margins of safety to allow for errors in your assumptions, but that further dilutes these valuation techniques. Dividend yield theory doesn't require you to come up with any growth rates. You still have to make the assumption that a given company will continue to grow at relatively the same rate as it has grown in the past. You can argue that all three of these valuation models are based on similar assumptions, and to an extent they are, but I like the fact that dividend yield theory is just much easier to use. How fast you can run this valuation model really depends on how granular you'd like to get with its application. The fastest way to use dividend yield theory only takes a few seconds, and you can do it for free on Seeking Alpha. Let me tell you exactly how. Let's jump on SeekingAlpha.com. And in the top right corner, we can click on the search button and type in any dividend stock we like. I'm going to look up to your price group for this example. Once the page loads, let's navigate to the Dividends tab and further to the Dividend Yield tab. Here, the first piece of information is the four-year average dividend yield, which for Tiro is 3.51%. Just below the four-year average dividend yield, we have the trailing 12-month dividend yield, which is 4.86%. And below that, we have the forward dividend yield, which is 4.88%. You can use either the trailing 12-month or the forward dividend yield in your analysis. They are actually both relatively close, so they should yield a very similar valuation. All you do is compare the current dividend yield, so the trailing 12-month yield or the forward dividend yield, to the four-year average dividend yield. If the current dividend yield is higher than the four-year average dividend yield, this would indicate that the stock is potentially undervalued. If the current dividend yield is lower than the four-year average, this would indicate that the stock is potentially overvalued. And if both numbers are relatively close, this would indicate that the stock is potentially fairly valued. And that's it, we get our valuation in a matter of a few seconds. If you want to compute a more precise potential undervaluation or overvaluation, you can subtract the four-year average dividend yield from the current dividend yield and divide the result by the four-year average dividend yield. This will give you the percentage value of the over or undervaluation. So in Tiro's case, if we were to use the trailing 12-month dividend yield as the current dividend yield, we would take 4.86% and subtract 3.51% from it, which equals 1.35%. Then we divide 1.35% by 3.51%, and we get approximately 38%. Since the current dividend yield is higher than the 4-year average, the 38% we just calculated is the potential undervaluation. Seeking Alpha isn't the only source that will show you a trailing average dividend yield for stocks. I use Charles Schwab for one of my brokerage accounts, and their stock screener shows me a 5-year average dividend yield for all dividend stocks. If you use a dividend tracking tool like Simply Safe Dividends, 
They also show you the trailing dividend yield, and they typically also have a graph or chart to accompany this valuation measure that sometimes is even nicer to see because it can help you visually gauge how over or undervalued a given stock is. So there are plenty of free and paid sources for you to obtain trailing average dividend yields, making this valuation method easy to run for any stock in a matter of a few minutes. I like dividend yield theory so much that I decided to take this valuation method to the next level. What I wasn't able to easily find online was historical average trailing dividend yields. All the free and paid data out there is static and shows you just one average over a given period of time, be it 4 or 5 years. While this is useful for running a current valuation on any stock, it doesn't tell me whether applying dividend yield theory to that particular stock was effective in the past. Dividend yields shift every day as the market swings up and down, so naturally you would expect trailing average dividend yields to move up and down over time as well, and they do. To truly test how effective dividend yield theory was for any given stock, we need to be able to calculate the change in the trailing dividend yield over a span of a few years. Since I wasn't able to find this information online, I decided to build my own dividend yield theory tool in a Google spreadsheet that allowed me to track the historical average dividend yield. The first iteration of this tool was very static, and while it did the job, it took a very long time to put together. So naturally, I thought to myself, how can I automate this spreadsheet to allow me to run this analysis for many stocks all at once? And after countless hours of thinking and testing, the dividend yield theory screener tool came to life. What this tool does is it allows me to run a dividend yield theory analysis for at the moment 67 unique dividend stocks in a matter of a few minutes. The only input required from me is the 12 year dividend history for each stock, and this does take a little bit of time to put together initially. But after the initial data gathering, it's pretty easy to update the most current dividend rate for each stock. I've also added an automation feature to the tool that alerts me to any dividend changes, usually a day or two following a dividend announcement. Once I have the dividend data updated, I simply run the macro I built that will run a dividend yield theory analysis on each stock and spit out the results into a summary table. The summary table shows me the current price, the fair price, and the potential over or under valuation for all 67 stocks. I can also see the current yield and the most recent trailing dividend yield, as well as the performance test that shows me the average annualized rate of return for when the stock was undervalued or overvalued, compared to the average return for all valuation periods. I have a column to show me whether the application of dividend yield theory led to more favorable returns. And since I already collected all of the dividend data, I can easily view the 1, 3, 5, and 10 year dividend growth rates. And for good measure, I also pull in the 5 year earnings per share growth forecast and combine it with the current dividend yield and the valuation to get a rough, forward looking return estimate for each stock. If I want to take a closer look at any of these 67 dividend stocks, I can type in the ticker symbol at the bottom here and it will generate a dividend yield theory chart as well as the historical dividend yield chart for the last 7 years. I'm a visual creature. And if you're anything like me, there's nothing better than looking at a pretty graph to paint a better picture of what happened during the last few years. As I promised earlier, I wanted to put dividend yield theory through the ringer to see just how well it works. To do this, I'm going to use my spreadsheet to analyze how effective applying dividend yield theory would have been on all 66 dividend aristocrats during the last 7 years. To be more precise, the test window is October of 2016 to October of 2022. I purposely exclude the last 12 months because computing annualized returns on periods shorter than one year can sometimes give you goofy results. The test will calculate the annualized return of investing in each dividend aristocrat on every trading day during this six-year window. It'll then break this data down by each aristocrat's valuation on each trading day and separate the results by whether the aristocrat was undervalued or overvalued. I'm not so much interested in comparing the average undervalued and overvalued returns. 
What I would like to measure is whether investing in the dividend aristocrats when dividend yield theory suggested they were undervalued led to better returns than just dollar cost averaging on all trading days. Since my spreadsheet already crunched the math, I'm going to jump straight to the outcome. Out of the 66 current dividend aristocrats, one, Amcor, doesn't have a long enough history to calculate a full seven-year dividend yield theory test. Another dividend aristocrat was never undervalued in the test window. So again, no comparison could be made. This aristocrat was West Pharma that actually has a very good average return in excess of 20%. So out of the remaining 64 dividend aristocrats, applying dividend yield theory worked out favorably for 57 of them, with seven failing tests. That's better than I initially expected. If we divide 57 by 66, we get a success rate of 86.4%. If I were to exclude the two aristocrats that I couldn't measure, the success rate would improve by a few percent. But honestly, I feel like 86% is good enough for me. Let me tell you what the results were for each dividend aristocrat in alphabetical order. AbbVie passed the test with a return of 17.1% while undervalued, compared to an average return of 14.1% for the full test window. Not bad, a 3% annualized boost. Abbott Labs also passed the test with a return of 7.6% while undervalued, compared to an average return of 2.63% in the full test window. Not a very attractive return overall, but dividend yield theory, on average, would have yielded almost 5% additional per year. Archer Daniel Midland also passed the test with a return of 14.28% while undervalued, compared to 11.15% overall. ADP passes as well, with a return of 17.31% while undervalued, compared to 12.66% overall. Affleck passed with a return of 21.92% while undervalued, compared to 16.12% overall. Albermalley passed with flying colors, with a return of 22.93% while undervalued, compared to 5.81% overall. Amcor, as I already stated, doesn't have a long enough history to run this analysis. A.O. Smith came out favorably, with a return of 7.34% while undervalued, compared to 5.43% overall. Air Products and Chemicals passes as well, with a return of 12.96% while undervalued, compared to 8.69% overall. Atmos Energy is the first aristocrat to fail the test. Its return while undervalued was 2.33%, compared to 3.26% overall. Becton Dickinson passes the test, with a return of 4.74% while undervalued, compared to 3.93% overall. Brown Foreman also passes the test, with a return of 5.08% while undervalued, compared to minus 1.51% overall. Franklin Resources also passes the test, with a return of minus 3% while undervalued, compared to minus 3.46% overall. Brown & Brown also passes the test, with a return of 21.33% while undervalued, compared to 16.29% overall. Cardinal Health is the second aristocrat to fail the test, with a return of 16.75% while undervalued, compared to 17.85% overall. Caterpillar passes the test, with a return of 26.09% while undervalued, compared to 18.81% overall. Chubb also passes the test, with a return of 15.29% while undervalued, compared to 9.45% overall. Church and White also passes the test, with a return of 13.68% while undervalued, compared to 6.68% overall. C.H. Robinson Worldwide also passes the test, with a return of 3.94% while undervalued, compared to minus 0.14% overall. Cincinnati Financial also passes the test, with a return of 10.09% while undervalued, compared to 3.04% overall. Colgate passes the test as well, with a return of 1.76% while undervalued, compared to minus 0.1% overall. Clorox is the third aristocrat that fails to pass the test, with a return of minus 4.22% while undervalued, compared to minus 3.69% overall. Cintas passes the test with a return of 22.88% while undervalued, compared to 18.66% overall. 
Chevron passes the test with a return of 19.87% while undervalued, compared to 14.98% overall. Dover Corporation passes the test with a return of 13.93% while undervalued, compared to 7.56% overall. Ecolab passes the test with a return of 3.43% while undervalued, compared to minus 1.32% overall. Consolidated Edison passes the test with a return of 6.43% while undervalued, compared to 3% overall. Emerson Electric passes the test with a return of 13.19% while undervalued, compared to 8.63% overall. SX Property Trust passes the test as well, with a return of minus 0.23% while undervalued, compared to minus 5.95% overall. Expeditors International of Washington also passes the test, with a return of 13.49% while undervalued, compared to 9.43% overall. Federal Realty Trust passes the test with a return of minus 3.22% while undervalued, compared to minus 4.74% overall. General Dynamics passes the test with a return of 9.71% while undervalued, compared to 6.57% overall. Genuine Parts Company passes the test with a return of 11.93% while undervalued, compared to 9.6% overall. Granger passes the test with a narrow margin, with a return of 23.55% while undervalued, compared to 23.2% overall. Hormel passes the test with a return of minus 2.72% while undervalued, compared to minus 3.14% overall. IBM passes the test with a very small margin, with a return of 5.73% while undervalued, compared to 5.66% overall. Illinois Toolworks passes the test with a return of 12.15% while undervalued, compared to 9.21% overall. Johnson & Johnson passes the test with a return of 4.62% while undervalued, compared to 2.66% overall. Kimberly-Clark passes the test with a return of 0.85% while undervalued, compared to 0.25% overall. Coca-Cola passes the test as well, with a return of 6.45% while undervalued, compared to 3.45% overall. Lindy PLC passes the test with a return of 19.94% while undervalued, compared to 17.67% overall. Lois passes the test with a return of 15.96% while undervalued, compared to 11.79% overall. McDonald's passes the test with a return of 12.94% while undervalued, compared to 8.06% overall. Medtronic passes the test with a return of minus 3.8% while undervalued, compared to minus 6.12% overall. McCormick passes the test with a return of minus 2.04% while undervalued, compared to minus 2.79% overall. 3M fails the test with a return of minus 16.04% while undervalued, compared to minus 14.94% overall. Nordson also fails the test with a return of 5.98% while undervalued, compared to 7.28% overall. Nextera Energy passes the test with a return of minus 0.57% while undervalued, compared to minus 3.04% overall. Nucor passes the test with a pretty big margin, with a return of 42.67% while undervalued, compared to 26.99% overall. Realty Income passes the test with a return of minus 2.11% while undervalued, compared to minus 4.1% overall. Pepsi passes the test with a return of 10.10% while undervalued, compared to 7.61% overall. Procter & Gamble passes the test with a return of 13.31% while undervalued, compared to 7.32% overall. Pentair passes the test with a return of 14.84% while undervalued, compared to 9.47% overall. PPG Industries also passes the test with a return of 4.96% while undervalued, compared to 2.01% overall. Roper Technologies also passes the test with a return of 13.29% while undervalued, compared to 9.13% overall. JM Smucker passes the test with a return of 3.17% while undervalued, compared to 1.78% overall. 
Sherwin-Williams passes the test with a return of 9.75% while undervalued, compared to 7.33% overall. S&P Global passes the test with a very small margin, with a return of 7.36% while undervalued, compared to 7.3% overall. Stanley Black & Decker passes the test with a return of minus 14.72% while undervalued, compared to minus 15.21% overall. Cisco passes the test with a return of 1.97% while undervalued, compared to minus 1.15% overall. Target passes the test with a return of 9.19% while undervalued, compared to minus 3.96% overall. Tiro Price Group passes the test with a return of minus 0.16% while undervalued, compared to minus 4.64% overall. Walgreens fails to pass the test with a return of minus 19.42% while undervalued, compared to minus 18.40% overall. Walmart passes the test with a return of 14.19% while undervalued, compared to 10.62% overall. West Pharma was never undervalued during the six-year test window, so it has no average undervalued return. And Exxon fails to pass the test with a return of 21.54% while undervalued, compared to 22.02% overall. If you're part of the Patreon community, you already have access to this spreadsheet, in addition to the other sheets I have shared in the past. You can run your own analysis anytime you want. And you're more than welcome to delete any of the aristocrats in here and replace them with whatever dividend stock you want. Simply replace the ticker symbol on the summary sheet here and enter the dividend history for that stock on the dividend history sheet and the tool will do the rest. I hope you enjoyed the episode. It would mean a lot to me if you gave this podcast a 5 star rating. Thank you for joining me and see you next time.